Welcome to Customer Service Academy Radio with author and customer experience expert, Tony Johnson. Tony will share his vision for successful customer service, leadership, and business excellence, and speak to some of the most impactful leaders in business today. And now, here's Tony Johnson. Greetings and salutations, CustServe Nation. Customer Service Academy is on the air. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Tony Johnson, and as always, pumped and psyched for this week's show. We're going to talk about how to act like an owner in your organization this week. We're going to talk about what winning processes look like for customer service and why they matter, and what I learned during a recent trip to Orlando. Lots to cover this week. Let's stop wasting time. Let's jump right in and get started. So like I said earlier, I'm just getting back from a recent trip from Orlando, and I rode in a really, really small two-seater plane for the very first time in my life. And I got to tell you, quite a different experience in riding on like a 747 or a jumbo jet that you might ride on to travel for regular business or pleasure. So a close friend of mine owns an airplane maintenance company. And I was lucky enough to go over and see his shop and learn a little bit about what he does and, and actually get the chance to go up in one of these small airplanes. So talk about gaining perspective. Not only did I get a chance to kind of see Central Florida in all of its glory, taking off in the Orlando area, being able to look onto the horizon and see all the way to Tampa. What a great place it was up in the air at several thousand feet. What a way to look around and see the sunrise and, and what a fantastic way to get a feel for what it really feels like to fly. I mean, I know that we've all been in airplanes, right? But I don't know that I've ever felt so much like I was actually taking off, landing and really flying in the air as I did when I was in this airplane. So there's something kind of cool about seeing somebody so hands-on with their business. So let me tell you a little bit about this. The reason we were going over to do a test flight was because an airplane had just been finished. Someone wanted it on a Saturday and my buddy decided he wanted to go make sure that the plane was ready to go. But the best part is, is that this guy is so hands-on with his business. No plane really gets back up in the air with its owner, goes out after it's been fixed without this guy getting in the cockpit, taking a look around and taking the plane actually up in the air and taking it for a spin, if you will, to make sure that it really flies well and that everything's, everything's solid with the repairs or whatever was done while it was in the shop. And I think that's pretty cool because let's face it, I really don't think there are any minor problems when you're thousands of feet in the air. And the fact that the owner of a business is so concerned with quality and safety that he test flies every plane personally says a lot about the character of that organization. So what can we learn from this? Well, I think this one's pretty crystal clear. When you own a business, you also own the quality. You own every single piece and part and and piece of that puzzle that makes up that business and that organization, and you're responsible for the reputation, the profitability, the customer service, the safety, the perception, all the things out there in the marketplace. And I think that speaks volumes for what a CEO, for what an owner, and even for what a, a manager or a leader in any organization really has to do to have the most fantastic experiences for his or her customers. We really have to think of ourselves, you have to think of yourself out there, Mr. or Mrs. Manager, as the owner, as the CEO of your particular corner of the store. Whether you run a single site, whether you run a department in a bigger organization, whatever it is you do, do it well. Do it like an owner. Do it like the CEO. Don't do it like someone picking up a paycheck and punching a clock. When you own the quality, when you own the experience, when you act like every single piece is something that you own, there's just something special about that that's going to translate into the way that the people in the organization who report to you and work with you and beside you and for you, the way they go to market and the way that your customers perceive the way you lead and the way they perceive the culture of that piece of the organization. So just know 
you can drive that piece as if you were the owner, even if you're not, because when you act like it, you're definitely going to bring that certain flavor that you can bring to the organization, that secret sauce, if you will, that leads to ultimate customer success. So now it's time for this week's web blog, Winning Processes for Amazing Customer Service. All too often when things go astray with customer service, it's because businesses don't have their processes buttoned up. Processes like air, you don't appreciate it until you don't have it. I can remember working in a business that had a determined batch of employees and a talented group of managers. However, we were struggling mightily to get the daily execution right. The problem was that we lacked process and focus, and that's not a recipe for excellence. We needed to get that magical mojo of training, procedures, and productivity to drive home the overall guest experience. If you're hearing your customers exclaim the following, you may have the same issue. No one knows what's going on. Who's in charge around here? This business is so inconsistent. Why doesn't anyone know the answer? Why is this taking so long? But don't panic and don't give up. Although it isn't glamorous, the idea of process can set you and your teams free, as well as increasing the likelihood of exceptional customer experiences. You just have to know where to start, what to do, and how to sustain that change. So let's start with learning from our mistakes. The idea that you're going to be perfect from day one is a great goal, and you should absolutely ask your team to reach for the heavens here. But the reality is that you're likely going to make some mistakes, especially if you're starting on a new business or expanding your current offerings. This could also happen if you're embarking on a change effort that might be an overall improvement in service or a change to the organizational direction. There isn't a major company out there that hasn't made a mistake while trying to make a change. So remember, as you make mistakes, don't crumble, but use the mistakes as springboards to get better. You can't repeat mistakes over and over, but you aren't going to have innovation without the occasional issue. Share the resolution organizationally so that you don't make the same mistake time and time again, and then move on. Next, remember that training is the process driver. Often you can't have amazing process without great training. This is the primary reason why service miscues occur and why there's ambiguity in the realm of execution. Breakdowns in training also lead to associates who don't know the answer and also who don't know how to perform their roles satisfactorily. Take the time to ensure proper training during onboarding and augment throughout the associate life cycle. As processes change, training must follow so that everyone feels confident with their roles and how to perform them. Don't be afraid to abandon policies that don't work, are outdated, or just plain stupid. You can't set a process or policy and expect it to live forever. Every procedure must remain flexible and you have to be sure to change when the time is right. That doesn't mean that you should knee-jerk every time you have an issue or complaint, but you have to keep your finger on the pulse of your guests. If an initiative is reaching critical mass, then you just need to change it slightly ahead of the market to be sure you remain innovative. Don't just change for the sake of it, but rather when it makes sense to do so. That also means that you can't fall in love with your processes, especially the stupid ones. It may be difficult if you work for a large organization, but sometimes you have to push the envelope just a little bit for the sake of common sense. Manage the overall guest flow. If you're to maximize guest efficiency and overall ease of experience, you and your teams have to understand the whole flow of service. From the time a guest enters your business until the time he or she leaves, how did the service move? If you have lines or there are issues with how the guests queue, if you operate online, is the website organized for maximum ease of use? There are only a certain amount of hassles that customers are going to endure before they bail on your business, and unless you understand the total scope of service and how guests interact with your teams, locations, and processes, you'll never be able to maximize their experience. 
Finally, get out and watch what's happening. The best way to understand your business is to be out in the thick of it and to watch the process. When you're live and in color with your teams and your guests, that allows you to manage in the moment and correct behaviors as needed. This is a prime opportunity to look at what's going on not so well in your organization as well and take action. When there are struggles, start by asking what processes are in place to drive success. And often you'll find that there may be one or two trouble spots and a few things that need to be enhanced or changed. These five tips are part of an engaged management style that puts you front and center with your customers and your associates. Many place solid process in the nice to have category, but that's a style that really isn't sustainable and does not lead to success. The better the process is in place, the more success your teams will achieve. One of the hallmarks of a high performing team is amazing process that is less reliant on who is involved as it is on having a plan that makes sense. And planning will lead to increased productivity, happier guests, and fewer fires to put out on a daily basis. So as I mentioned earlier, I was in Central Florida a little bit ago, and you know me, I can't not go visit the mouse if I'm anywhere in the Central Florida marketplace. And it happened to be food and wine festival time, so I thought it'd be a great chance to go see what was going on in the world of culinary innovation and get a global perspective on food. So at the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, which is an annual event that started in 1995, it runs from September through November every single year, and it's a great place to go see food from around the world. And, and they actually set up additional kiosks and things all around their world showcase and it's a great place to go get some small sample size food items and really try a bunch of different things but I can tell you it is a very busy proposition if you visit Epcot at the Walt Disney World properties during this time so here's some here's some specs for you back in 2014 I was doing a little research on this and they served during that year 100,000 dessert portions 360,000 portions of beer, 300,000 wine pours, and 1.5 tapas-sized food samplings, and they had visitors from 25 different nations. What a great experience this is. I went to Wikipedia and some of the research websites out there to get that data, by the way. And as I walked into the World Showcase Lagoon, now this place usually takes me by storm anyway as I walk in because it's just the most authentic experience. As you're walking around the World Showcase with you know 11 or 12 different countries around this big lagoon, you get such a great experience. There are people dressed like the the, the, the countries they're representing. There are fantastic food offerings. There are shows. People actually work there from those countries. So places like Norway and Germany and Great Britain and France, just a great experience to get a little cultural immersion without ever having to leave the States. And you can do it all in an afternoon. Now, this annual event puts a lot of stress and pressure on the Epcot facility. Let's face it, anything like this, you know, these amusement parks can only handle so many people when you think about it. But I have to tell you, there were some pretty outstanding things going on there. And you can imagine just waves of people and folks who have never visited or don't go regularly and really don't know much about getting around the parks. They did a great job with a couple of things that I think are key indicators for really any business owner, any manager or leader. I have to tell you, first and foremost, the signage was absolutely tight. There was great directional signage. There was great menu signage. It was just a fantastic way to get around the park and really know what was where by the maps, by the signage, by just folks in guest services, the cast members walking around and helping and talking to people and giving direction. Very well organized communication pattern. The security was top shelf. There was a lot of extra people there, which puts a lot of extra pressure on the park and not everybody's a nice person, right? So when, when you see the amount of security was there, the folks that were directing lines, keeping traffic moving, very well done there. And then finally, you might think that 
during such a huge event, you might have a problem with cleanliness. You know, there's so many people walking around, so many paper goods and cups and things, and and they had their A game on the weekend. I was there. All the cast members in the in the World Showcase and in the Epcot area were really in there picking up trash, keeping the park clean, doing a fantastic job. You'd never know how pressured and pushed probably the park felt, and I'm sure that behind the scenes they were probably really working hard to get all that done. But they made it look effortless, and they kept the park extremely clean. So you know, I think that is a great lesson for all of us. When you're in your busy season, whatever that might be in your organization, remember, don't neglect that customer service. Don't neglect that communication. Don't neglect that sanitation. It's easy to let those things go by the wayside, but no matter how busy you are, always try to deliver that very best service year round so that you can really keep your customers coming back for what they assume and and expect, uh, which is a quality experience. So thank you so much for tuning in this week. I appreciate it as always. It was great talking about process with you. Great talking about the the details and how to really drive sanitation and cleanliness and great service when you're at your very busiest. And it was awesome talking about the process that can drive amazing customer service. Don't forget to click that subscribe button. Don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues. I'm Tony Johnson. Again, great talking to you this week. And don't forget to treat every guest like a cherished friend. And we will talk to you next week. This has been Customer Service Academy Radio with Tony Johnson. Tony is available to speak at your event, meeting, or workshop. Learn more at www.thetonyjohnson.com or email melissa at thetonyjohnson.com. Have a powerful customer-focused day.